We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys for listening. We've been neglecting this type of episode for a little while here, and we keep talking about it, and we keep going, hey, what's the next episode of this going to be? And we keep going, oh, I don't know. And then we don't decide until the day before the podcast what we're doing, and we're way behind, and we're like, oh, we'll just do something else. We're going to do a style episode for you today. And uh, Patrick literally yesterday was like, Mike, we're doing this tomorrow. Done. I was like, <laughs> oh, OK. So you, you must have seen a beer that you were intrigued by. And uh, you're like, that's a good idea. We haven't done that in the podcast yet. And uh, we're going to do Dunkles for you today. Well, friend of the show, Chris Martin, dropped these off for me a couple weeks ago. Might be a little longer than that. I'm uh, embarrassed to say. Dropped this off for me because he said it's the best Dunkle in the world. Blah, blah, blah. And you guys should drink this. And I thought it's just been I've got two of them. They've just been sitting on my in my in my fridge and was kind of like oh let's do a style on dunkles it's not to get too much into it but it's it's a multi-forward beer so it's this time of the year is ready for it and you know we are you know proud crispy boys here so we figured why not do a lager for the time of the season also we've been teasing this are you allowed to announce the big breakside announcement yet oh yeah i totally can so next week starting on friday uh we bring back what we've done the last couple years we have celebration um which basically we go into our library and pull out all of our barrel-aged beer we've been sitting on over the last year because we basically, once we get down to X amount of cases, we kind of hold them off and save them and kind of taste them throughout the year. Sometimes we throw them in competitions. Uh, Sometimes we don't. We just kind of like to see how they mature and stuff like that. And then it gets to a point where we kind of say, okay, these beers have hit their stride. We've used what we need for competition. They need to be moved. They need to be drank now. So what we're doing is we got two rounds. You'll start to see this on Facebook, Instagram, if you follow Breakside there. Where the we'll have two rounds. The first round is all is a bunch of our barrel aged sour program, or basically non barrel aged stout stuff. So kind of because we have some cool like Chardonnay cocktail inspired beers as well, but we have a bunch of sours as well. So for the first week, we'll be doing taster trays of six different. The first two weeks will be six different sour barrel aged sour beers throughout the year. With with a couple cocktail-inspired beers, you can buy the tray, and there's the price factored into it. While supplies last, you can take home a bottle with the tray of the beer you like the most. So that's kind of exciting. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I think the first round we've got four barrel-aged sours and then two kind of cocktail-inspired beers. Uh, And I believe four four of them are packaged. So you can kind of say, and you're like, oh, I really like this this Body Electric, which is a barrel-aged sour aged in Pinot Noir barrels. Oh, you do? Well, here's the bottle to take home with you. Fast forward to Black Friday. Once those first two weeks are up, then we start round two, and that is where Mike Lynch comes into the game, and that is <laughs> six different barrel-aged, uh, bourbon barrel-aged stouts. All across the boards, we're bringing back the, yep, we're bringing back uh, the, the oligarch stuff. Uh, so that'll be really fun. Grandmammy, Grandpappy, which is the Pappy Van Winkle salted caramel stout aged. Uh, and that'll be the same situation. Six six 
uh, six beer taster tray and the one you like you take home while supplies last. I don't know how well it, how long they're going to last. It could go fast. It could go slow, depending on what's popular, what's not. Well, I'm going to be out of town until December 1st, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to make my way down there as soon as I get home. Um and hopefully there's still a good amount of the, the stouts left for me. Well, there's well, there's good news. <clears throat> there's a couple factors working to your advantage, although it may take a little legwork. Um, I've been working with our Deacon location and the Milwaukee location to kind of allocate a bunch of stuff. I have the ability at Slabtown to put uh, these beers on draft. So I'm going to put most of these beers on draft. So not only can you get the taster tray, but you can have a 10-ounce pour of the beer whenever you want. Deacom's in a little different boat, and I think Milwaukee's in a little different boat as well. They'll be doing mostly kind of bottle pours from the bottles. So we're allocating a lot more package to them to be able to do those bottle pours. So after, you know, our draft should last a little while at Slabtown, but should you really want a beer that we're out of at Slabtown, there's a there's a decent chance Deacom or Milwaukee will have those beers. And that goes for the Sours as well. Well, uh, if that sounds intriguing to you, go say hi to Patrick at Slab and he will uh, <laughs> gladly pour you that great sounding deal of taster tray and bottle of beer. Yeah, and, and the, price is, the price is solid too. I think we're doing like 25 bucks, gets you six tasters and a bottle to go home. That's a pretty screaming deal. You're saving about five, six, seven bucks depending on what you take home. <clears throat> and, and that should be really fun. We've done this in the past. I think this year we're kind of setting the bar a little high for ourselves because I think we can do it. We got a lot of beer to move. And trust me, if you had not had an oligarch, go do this event Mm -hmm. because they were delicious. I also quite enjoyed the Grand Mammy, Grand Pappy. Uh, And if you like sours, I mean, I'm not a huge sour guy, but if you like sours, I'm assuming this is going to be also a really ton of fun for you as well if you go pre-Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, if you want to try to run into me after, after prime time, I'm going to go at December 2nd or December 3rd when I get back and, uh, after the show and just try to get, uh, get some brewskis. Yeah. We're also offering some package deals too. A lot of these, a lot of these beers are going to be in the fridge from day one. Uh, and you know, you can get a four pack of the sour beers, uh, for a discounted price and same when it goes to the bourbon barrel stuff, uh, we'll do a, a deal by four and you get a, get a, a, a pretty decent discount because the beer is still great, but we, the beer is ready to be drank now. And so the idea is just get rid of it all. Right. So have it now. Don't age it anymore. Drink yep, it, drink it, drink now it. Now is the time to drink it. Well, that's coming up. When's the first official day of that? Be Friday the 15th of November. Okay, so we are, what, that is eight days away. You are just over a week away from the Sours in the Celebration event. It sounds great now. Next week is going to be a nightmare for me, but we'll figure it out. Oh, it'll be fun, though. Yeah, we'll get it. It'll it'll work out. A lot of the legwork has been done. Now it's just the heavy lifting. So there's a little tease for that, and uh, go show up at that if that sounds interesting to you. We haven't even teased the podcast yet outside of saying, we're going to do Dunkles today. Uh <laughs> You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio.com, 1080thefan.com, and Omni. Uh, wherever you find us, if you could subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us out a ton. Uh, I've seen a lot of reviews or, or, or sorry, ratings come in on the Apple Podcast that I've got on my, on my phone, so that's helpful. If you want to write a review, too, you can go ahead and do that. That would be excellent. Uh, as long as you're saying something really glowing and positive. And, Just tell uh, us what you want more of. Yeah. Do you want more on-site? Do you want more styles? Do you want more tasting room episodes? If you, do you absolutely, want more in the brews? If you absolutely adore us and don't want anything to change, then great. You can tell us that, too. <laughs> uh, if you hate us... Constructively write it. Yeah, yeah. Be constructive, please. Uh, we have egos and they could be bruised <laughs> uh, constructive so yeah you can write reviews there too that just that helps out a little bit and then just download the podcast too so that helps uh, social media we are on instagram at instagram.com slash beers on us uh, i have not posted there in a while personally so i gotta pick up my game there i've seen you posting again recently so that's good yeah i had kind of a little time period where i wasn't 
so great at it, but oh, uh, I'm terrible at it. But, so uh, I'm usually decent at ye old Instagram, so I will just work on being better. I'm trying, uh, and uh, I have these thoughts of like, ooh, that's a good picture for Instagram, and then I forget. <laughs> so that that's that's my life. Uh, personal social pages, if you want to follow us there, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick is on Instagram uh, at p diddy zero eight five. So that's where you can find us there. All right. If you're new to the podcast, we do style podcasts. We were trying to do it once a month. That's been kind of spread out a little bit. It's been a little while since we've done a style podcast. And uh, we have ourselves a Dunkel style today in front of us. We're going to drink this during this portion. And then I have a beer of the week that I guarantee Patrick's going to despise. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe not a guarantee, <clears throat> but I think I think it's a I think it's a scary thing for him. So, Did you get a Goza? No. Well, then what are we worried about here? Uh, you'll find out uh, in the Beer of the Week coming up in our next segment. Just remember, I've been working on this barrel-age program, so I'm not scared of barrel beer. Okay. Okay. I mean, I love sours is what I mean, barrel beer. Yeah, well, <laughs> you also enjoy certain uh, bourbon barrel-age stuffs. There is some stuff that I do enjoy. I love yeah. that Grandpappy. Yeah? Yeah, I had some of it the other day. Do you like, like Spice Wars a lot? I do like Spice Wars a, wa- a lot. Mm. You sad like, Patrick. you like Choco Vesa a lot, too? I do like Choco Vesa a lot. Look at you. Yeah, I know. Why are you sad, Patrick? Are they not doing Spice Wars this year? Yeah, because I, I have 16, 17, and 18, 22s of Fremont Dark Star Spice Wars. And this year they did Dark Star. They did Dark Star Coffee, which they always do. And then they did some Dark Star Maple Vanilla thing. And they're they not doing do Spice, Spice Wars? Wars. Oh, no. So my heart is crushed. Can you go get the Maple Vanilla and just pretend like it's a Spice Wars? I guess. Yeah. That sounds lame. Or delicious. <laughs> it could be delicious. <laughs> but I wanted all of them to be the same. All right, so what what beer do we have that we're drinking here for Dunkles? Uh, first of all, fantastic head. Look at that thing. I know. I kind of poured it with the intent of trying to get some head. You got the little mushroom top I got there the little... going. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're drinking the Erdinger Weissbrau. Uh, it is their, uh, their Dunkel. Uh, this comes all the way from Joymany. Uh, 5.3%. Uh, it is brewed all naturally using traditional bottle fermentation, never pasteurized. Uh, it is, uh, Erdinger apparently makes the world's number one Hefeweizen. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, is that just them promoting it as the world's number one, or is it actually the world's number one? I have no idea. It's probably that just them promoting it. Yeah. It's like, world's best coffee. Is it really the world's best coffee? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't fact check to us. It's just <laughs> the number one Hefeweizen in the world. All right. So uh, I'm going to wait for the head to rest a little bit here, but uh, talk about Dunkles if you've got information for me, because... This is a style that I actually didn't really know a lot about before we started this podcast. Um, I had had it because I knew it was dark. Mm. And I was like, cool, dark beer. I'll try it. Uh, it was not what I was expecting when I first tried it because, well, I was expecting a dark beer and it, it doesn't have the same exact profile notes as some of the things I was drinking when I first started drinking craft beer. It wasn't very, like, chocolatey and mm. uh, super rich. Uh, it was way more drinkable. Uh, yes, it is malt forward, but it... it I, I just I, I guess I just didn't know what to expect from a German dark beer, and I've had plenty of Dunkles now uh, since we started this podcast, and I've expanded my horizon of craft beer, my palate, if you will. Um, but I still don't really know what goes into making a Dunkel. So, what you got? Well, some cool things about Dunkel is 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 Dunkel's base was the term refers to really kind of whatever dark beer is on draft in Germany, um, whatever. Whatever the dark beer is on draft, you can refer to all have the Dunkel, because Dunkel means dark. Okay, so it's, 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 it's literal translation is dark. It's less of a style of, like, here's a very specific recipe. It's, we have a dark beer on draft, it's called our Dunkel. Well, no, yes and no. I think it's like one of those, like, I will have a dark beer. 
they most likely hand you the dunkle. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in other parts, in other parts, I'm looking at. I was reading some stuff like near Dusseldorf. That can be an alt beer. So there is different styles of it, but it can just mean like I'll have a light beer. You could get a Corona. You could get a Budweiser. You could get a Hellas. You could that could range all over. So I think the the term just kind of puts you right there into what's a, grabbing a dark beer. I'm trying to remember. So we went to this place. Uh, couple of times ago in Las Vegas. Now, this was suggested to us by my in-laws. And uh, it's a, I think it's called Hofbrau House. Mm-hmm. It's a German-style yeah, brewery. Yeah, Hofbrau is one of the most famous breweries in the world. It's a chain, quote-unquote. They have multiple locations in the U.S. And um, I remember going there, and the menu was pretty limited in beer. It was Hefeweizen. There was a Dunkel. And there was another one that I can't remember now, but then you could mix the Hef and a beer together, and you, it was like a black and tan, but with the two German beers. Oh, interesting. It was That's what I got. It was actually really, really good. Um, I was surprised to see how limited the, the brewery list was, or the, the tap list was, but I'm, I'm gathering by kind of what you were saying there and you know saying Dunkel has dark beer. German breweries don't have like 15 varieties. They've got like five, mm-hmm. and they just perfect those five. Yep. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it's the traditional thing. Plus, I think, you know, it's one of those, you know, Germany is a very, is a country very rich in history. And, you know, especially when it comes to beer, I think it's kind of like, this is how we make beer. And we don't need to do all your other crazy stuff. We just, we just want to make beer. I think I've, I've noticed that with, oftentimes outside of this country, I've noticed that when you go see a bunch of different beers from different countries, um, I mean, Germany, Belgium, very simple styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they follow kind of the same formula across the board. There's slight tweaks here and there depending on the brewery, but oftentimes you're getting a very similar beer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like, we did the island beer episode, right? And when I was in the Caribbean, I mean, it's like maybe two different beers yeah, total in that country, and that's what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about places like Sweden and Norway. If you see beers from there, they often are very dark, heavy beers because it's very cold. Um, but they stick to a couple of pretty simple styles that they just kind of go with. Uh, same with like that Black Boss beer we had, which was, what was that, Eastern European? Mm-hmm. Very cold country kind of beer. I think it yeah. was Polish. Um, you don't see that much variety, and that's interesting to me because maybe that's just because in America, variety is everything, right? We want right. all sorts of options, everything. We want more, 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 more. Whereas in other countries, maybe it's more just like, hey, we know what's good. We know <laughs> what we like. It's simple, and it's easy. And it's And it's... It's being proud. Yeah. Proud of your roots. Proud of your roots. You know, think about food is the same way. You know, if you, I mean, if you come from a land that eats a lot of rice and beans, you just, even though you grow up and, you know, rice and beans might be like a lower economical kind of way to eat and get through life. It's a cheap way to eat and get through life that even when you become older and you have a little more expendable income can spend a little more on food, you still eat rice and beans because that's kind of your thing. It's like, I still go to... You know, we still watch this movie on Christmas at my at my mom's house. We watch Friday After Next every single year. And there are better Christmas movies, and there will be better Christmas movies made. I wasn't, but, I'm not really sure I considered that a Christmas movie off the top of my head. it takes place during Christmas. Well, I mean, that counts yeah. then, yeah? Yeah. He's like, what'd the guy look like? He looked like, he looked like old dirty bastard dressed as Santa Claus, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> we just watch that movie every year at Christmas, and that's just tradition is tradition. Um, That's interesting. I'm trying to think. Because that, that's the same, too, in, in other cultures food-wise, right? I mean, uh, I've been to England once. Um, I don't remember having a bad experience food-wise there. Um, I remember having some really good venison sausage. Mm-hmm. I remember 
uh, having like a classic fish and chips kind of meal. But from people who go over there to that part of the world, they say the food's pretty bland and kind of boring. Um, but that's what they like there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of traditional or it's yeah. very traditional. And it's kind of just like, hey, this is what we eat. This is what we do. If you go to Ireland, it's like, you want some potatoes? Yeah, this is what we do. You want some bangers and mash? All right, you're done. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yeah, there's pork and beans with breakfast in England. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. And then I tried it and I was like, oh, this isn't bad. Yeah, that's pretty like good. This. that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's kind of, it's a it's a, sim it's a simple thing. And maybe in some ways it's like, hey, we don't have to focus too much on this. We got other things to deal with. I was like Brexit. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, that is interesting to think about. And part of me is a little bit jealous of that because it's, so, it's like a... It's a mindset that's like, oh, cool, like we know what we like. But part of me is like, yeah, that's wrong. Give me as many <laughs> options, as many things to try as possible, because that's what I want. Right. I want to go across the board. Yeah. Uh, some other cool things about Dunkel. Uh, a reminder, this is a lager. Um, so it, it is brewed at colder fermentation temperatures, taking a little bit longer than, say, a normal ale, as is tradition in most lagers. Uh, the ABV ranges from like four and a half to six percent. So it stays on the lower end. Again, it's meant to be drank multiples of continuing of uh, a lot of it is munich based so a lot of your ingredients your malt characteristics are all kind of munich based malts uh but i guess one of the i was reading some of this and i i've been reading and looking into some of this stuff lately on my own outside of this because i'm interested because our guys talk about it sometime a lot of what the characteristic from dunkles come from is it comes from decoction mashing which basically you can do it's classified in one two three or steps if you ever hear a step step mashing or step decoction that's what this is and it's basically your uh how, how do i want to say this you're boiling you're boiling a portion of the grains and then returning them back to the mash to raise the temperature so you get more starches from the grains and you're getting more flavor from the grains because it's coming at a higher temperature and you can do that repeatedly depending on how much flavor you want to pull out from it my head is spinning yeah yeah um Bas basically when you, when you <laughs> basically when you put in the grains into the mash they're taking the grains and boiling them first and then adding them to the mash to get them hot 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 there and then and then add it to the mash and i think it all started from because before like thermometers came around and stuff there was no real way to gauge how hot the mash was going to be so if you boiled some and add it you knew you could raise the mash temperature okay i mean i'm gonna not pretend like i understand what you're talking about okay, but, fair enough. Uh, well i'm i'm still learning so there's probably somebody out there that's like who the hell is this guy? well hey to all you guys that out is there the most a backwards way to describe decoction or step mashing I've ever heard. Uh, that's bass backwards, <laughs> um, as Tech Nine would say. Uh, that I mean, look, I, I I'm trying to understand it. I, I understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. but the I don't know if I fully understand how that actually affects the beer. Yes, okay, it makes more flavor, but why? You know, etc. Science, you, science, science. All you guys out out there, excuse me, I'm burping because I'm having the beer. Uh, all you guys out there who are very big into like homebrewing or actually work at breweries, you're probably like, yeah, that's right. Or you're like, oh, that's interesting. I understand what he's saying. And I'm just like, <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> this tastes good. Please teach me. I'm trying. I'm learning. Well, Please. I mean, I'm still learning too. So some of that could be, again, just blowing it out my A. Uh, <sighs> but thanks, I'm, doing thanks, the, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. We're going to quote rappers the entire time. Yeah. Um, this beer is delightful. Yeah, it's quite nice. Um, I, I think... took my first couple sips and I was like, Wow. How think, have I not had a dunkle that tasted like this? I think one thing that's just so fun about lagers and, you know, we've had such a fun year in 2019 talking about lagers all year and that when you that they're all over the place and that when you get into something, 
Because you're a big proponent of this, Mike. You you love when the weather turns, you want malt, you need a little warmth, you know, you kind of follow the seasonal trends of the beers to where I'm the worst. I just want to drink what I want to drink at that moment. Uh, but what's so great about things like Dunkles and Schwartz and Alts and stuff like that is the bodies are so great. They're so light. And I think that's something that tends to steer me away from dark beer sometimes is that I just don't want to feel too heavy. Right. But these are the kind of beers, and Dunkel is a great, great example. I would kill to have a Dunkel on tap right now at the at the brewery, uh, which one is coming. But uh, that this is the perfect kind of wintertime beer, especially if you transition from, like, fest beers in September and early October, and then you really start to get into these, like, Dunkels. You kind of ride that wave of that malt forward, kind of, sw- and then you kind of ditch the biscuit breadiness of fest beers, and you get into this malt sweetness into Dunkles, but the body's still light. And then that could lead you into the actual porters and stouts exactly. as you got into the sweetness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. It's a kind of a good, like, following along the calendar which beers you not should be drinking but would make sense to drink at that time. I think that's what I was saying when I was talking about Dunkles in the beginning is I didn't expect the light body. Mm. I was like, dark color, malty flavor, sweet flavor, why isn't it rich? Yeah. And like I like rich. I like mm-hmm. rich food. I like rich drinks. Like people are like, oh, it's too rich. There's no such thing for me as too rich. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I And there very much is for me. Yeah. Most people. I mean, I'm kind of an alien in that sense. I, I my wife says this all the time, like, oh my God, that's too rich. And I'm like, what? It's not rich at all. I'll and have it, some more of that triple chocolate fudge pie. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and like I know that's rich, but I'm like, I don't care. It tastes I delicious. It doesn't affect me. Um, but that's what kind of I wouldn't say bothered me, but that's what surprised me about Dunkles when I first had them. I was like, oh, cool, dark beer. And I was like, that's not a dark beer. Because <laughs> well, in my mind, it was like rich, sweet, sugary, chocolatey. And this is like, uh, this is easy drinking, malty with a little bit of sweetness at the back end. Or maybe a lot of sweetness at the back end. But it just wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But I've grown to appreciate this style because it is a great middle ground if you don't want to feel like you gained 30 pounds drinking a beer. One of the most one of the most important things I would say <clears throat> that comes from Dunkles is when they came to America is if you take a Dunkel and an alt beer, make them have a baby and it comes out as an ale, that's pretty much an American amber. Um, the the malt forwardness, the sweetness, but the ale gives it the body people want. Mm. And where I would I would argue, where would American craft beer be without the American amber? You know, we talk about approachability all the time on this show and what brings people into craft beer. You take this Dunkel and you kind of take its base concept, but brew it as an ale, give it a little more body, pump that sweetness up just a touch more. You've got an amber. You've got one of the most popular styles for craft beer makers in the world in 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 america any brewery that opens up there's a good chance they're going to make a red or an amber which is not too far from this just an ale form yeah that's interesting so you're saying is is a large portion of that difference actually the you said it was what cold fermentation to make a lager Mm -hmm. so it's instead of cold fermenting it you're just normal room temperature fermenting it yeah you're warm fermenting warm fermenting it yeah and And that that actually Changes well, the properties significantly enough to go from a dunkel to an amber. Well, I mean, yeah, your yeast changes. Part of it, I yeah, your say. yeast changes. Also, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna use more hops in an amber than you would a dunkel. In fact, you most definitely are. You're gonna bump everything up a little bit. But yeah, the yeast change, the fermentation change is gonna give it that bigger body. It's also gonna get made faster. Ales ferment at a higher temperature, so they ferment faster than lagers do at a colder <clears throat> at a colder temperature. So you can churn it out a little faster. But I mean. 
if you are an amber drinker and you only drink Coors Light and Mac and Jack's African Amber, put a Dunkel in your face. You might really dig it. You might dig an Altbier as well. So this is the Erdinger Weissbier Dunkel. Um, it is really good. Yes. I really enjoy this a lot. This, I mean, maybe it's the power of suggestion that this is the best mm-hmm. Dunkel in the world from Chris <laughs> Martin, but... Uh, the, this is one of the best dunkles I think I've ever had. It's well, and really there, solid. And there's variations. You can add wheat to it, which you can make a dunkle vice out of it, and you can add a wheat beer. Um, I've <clears throat> one of the best dunkle vices I've ever had was this is early in my craft beer drinking days, but I would never drink this style and tasted it. But before I would never drink this style, and I tasted it, and that was Occidental. I had an Occidental dunkle vice, uh, dunkle vice in maybe five six years ago, and I was like. I don't know how to pronounce this beer, but I really want to drink more of this. So there's a bunch of stuff around town. A bunch of people around town make this. Some local examples are you can go out to Occidental. I don't know if they have one now, but I imagine they'll have one at some point. Heater Allen is known to make a Dunkel. Uh, I'm sure Kevin down at Wayfinder has got one coming down the line. Bowie just released Dunkel in six-pack cans. Zoigel House. Zoigel House has a Dunkel. So, I mean, just look at just look at your lager breweries. Your lager breweries is a very famous, very popular style. It's Brewer's Gatorade at times. This is what people want to drink. It keeps it down in the ABV. Uh, and it's perfect for this time of year. I uh, I've had the Bowie one before many times before they canned it. I've had it there, and they had it in the in the bottles as well. the The 550 milliliter bottles, I believe, they had Dunkles in that size as well. Um, really, really good, solid one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had any others uh, that you mentioned. Maybe the Zogel House one. If had, I remember correctly, I've but, had the I've had the Heater Allen one, but you know me, I'm an I'm a honk for Heater you, Allen. You do love yourself some Heater Allen. I love those guys. So there you go, the Dunkel episode. Interesting. Uh, I didn't expect it to the way you started it. I was like, "What? You can just ask for a Dunkel, and it's like, here's our dark beer." <laughs> um, well, if you're ever in Germany, just say, "I'll have a Dunkel." Yeah, and then you'll be happy. Yeah, and it'll be different most places. Probably here's a Baltic Porter. Whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> I love Baltic Porters. Great. Um, so yeah, there's our Dunkel episode. Uh, we do have our beer of the week coming up next, and um, I think Patrick's going to be a little bit afraid of it. No. Just a little. You can't scare me. Just a tiny bit. The only things that scare me in life is climate change um, and Francisco Lindor wearing a Dodger jersey. Those are the <laughs> only things that scare me in life. <clears throat> oh, and the rise of Skywalker being worse than The Last Jedi. That scares me. Ooh, could be. <clears throat> I really hope not. Could be. I don't know how it could. Do you trust J.J. Abrams? More nope. so than the last guy. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. It can't be worse than the last Jedi. Um, all right. So let's do the beer of the week next. Let's see if Patrick actually is uh, is actually pleasantly surprised by it, or maybe not. We'll find out. This is beers on us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. But we are idiots, and we forgot to do our weekend beer because we were too busy promoting the uh, celebration event at Breakside in the beginning of the episode. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, the reason I forgot is because I didn't really have anything interesting in my weekend beer except for the Beer of the Week, so I, I wanted to leave that for this segment. So we'll talk about that in a second. But you, my friend, went to Astoria. See. And uh, had a, had yourself a little mini uh, beachy, wintry, beach coast town weekend. Yeah, me and the lady went. Um, uh, got some fish and chips from the bow picker, which is always worth it. Fresh albacore, um, 
some of the best fish and chips I've ever had. Fresh albacore for fish and chips? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was really, really hmm. stinking good. I've had it many times there, and bow picker's great. It's a food cart made out of an old uh, fishing boat. So it's literally this boat that's a food cart now. Where is it? I don't, I've never seen that. It's just down the street from Fort George on the east side of town, on the east side of downtown. There's a little like parking lot right there. And then if you just see this boat, you'll probably drive by and you just see a boat in like a park area and be like, oh, cool, a boat. No, it's food cart. Mm. Uh, and it uh, they've only got three things on the menu, fries, a half order, and a whole order. Uh, so there can be a line because it's really good, but it moves quickly because they're just making fish. Right. They're just making the same thing over and over. They see a line. They're like, okay, don't stop. Yeah. So that's good. So we did that. Then we stopped at Bowie. And um, I had one of their Hellas Lagers, which is you know one of my favorite beers they do there, uh, and they serve it in the Hellas glass. I think I took a picture and put it on on the Instagram page. I have one of those glasses at home. You guys were sitting outside too, and we were sitting outside. Yeah, it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous day. I think it was nicer out there than it was here. I don't know the the last time I went there, it was different. They had built out the entire outside deck to include more seating. Yep, I have seen that before. I mean, not until I had gone last time. There was also kind of a lower area where you kind of go down a little uh, ramp and there's more seats down there. It's mm-hmm. off to the right of the restaurant. Yep, there's oh, a fire pit down there. Yeah, and that that's where, like, I don't know if they added this or if this was always there, but, I mean, generally there's a wait at Bowie, and mm-hmm. um, sometimes it can be upwards of an hour, depending on the time of year that you go there. Uh, but there's this little side window where you can order beer from their second bar, and oh, uh, yeah. and right on that right side where those ch- those chairs are now. So we did that when we were waiting. We just got went to the window and ordered a beer, which was nice. Yeah. Before got- you used to have to go into that <clears throat> little back room mm-hmm. and order at that bar, but that side window makes it way more beneficial. Yeah, they got some cool Adirondack chairs out there. So we just kind of sat there, and it was such a nice day, and it was so peaceful. I don't even think we talked to each other that much. I think we just sat there in peace hmm. and just sipped on beers. Sounds nice. Yeah, it was quite nice. Then <laughs> no, we, no sea lions barking at no, you. No, they were barking. They were barking. <laughs> uh, and then we went up to Fort George. We went to the Lovell Tasting Room um, because I like that's that. the one <clears throat> to the right. Yeah, correct? that's the little side one in the brewery. I like that spot. They tend to have more choices. They tend to have uh, more barrel age selection. They tend to have um, just just kind of a different array of beers than inside the pub itself. Which has two restaurants, don't forget. Yeah, two restaurants, one downstairs, one upstairs. Uh, and we had, what did I have there? I had their their Sunrise, their Oatmeal Pale, which is a classic, classic Fort George beer. Um, so I had one of those, and that was nice. I also had a little taster of the, uh, a full taster pour of the Matroshka with vanilla and blueberries, which uh, which is their bourbon barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout. I do enjoy that beer, <clears throat> yeah. um, I've not had it with the... The, that variant of yeah, it, but I enjoy neither. the Matroshka. Yeah, and so I had a little bit of that. The blueberries didn't come through as much as I would have liked, but the vanilla wasn't overpowering, which is huge for me in those beers. I don't see a lot of blueberry beer anymore, and I think the one that I remember the most was a Fathead's beer, actually. Mm-hmm. It was the, it was literally like a blueberry pale, and they actually had blueberries in the beer. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I don't feel like I see that flavor used all too often. Well, I've talked a little bit because there's the the Blaubert, or now it's the Boss Besson at Freem, which was one of my favorite barrel-aged sours they do, that had blueberries in it. And I was asking some of our guys, you know, why why we don't do blueberries. And they were saying it's just really hard. It's hard to get a flavor. Like when you eat a blueberry, it is not an overpowering flavor. Right. So it takes a lot of it, and is it worth it at that point? So at, that, at least that <clears throat> that was their interpretation of, of the blueberry thing. But I gave that a shot. Funny story, though. So we left. Oh, I, I bought you a beer. I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, it's their you. Imperial Stout from Astoria with Love. Ooh. I forgot I have a can of that floating around somewhere. It might be in my truck. It's for you, though. 
Thank I went you. to buy some barrel aged stuff and they just didn't really have anything. <clears throat> um, but we went to we went and saw this show. We saw this band, The Horse Feathers, at the Liberty, which is kind of the like old movie theater venue in town. And we walked in and we were kind of looking around and they were in between set changes. <clears throat> and we went to go see what kind of drinks they had to offer. And it was a Riesling or Fort George's City of Dreams in a can. And no offense to Fort George, but I really despise that beer. That beer is... City of Dreams. Um, it is a hazy... It is like a hazy for hazy, hazy lovers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've tried that beer and I was like, nope. I cannot get behind that beer. Nope. So, so you we, had a Riesling. Yes. No. So what we did was we left, left the show. We were in there for about five minutes, left the show, grabbed a drink at a whiskey bar, and then ran up to Fort George and bought two cans of Overdub, their session IPA, threw them in our pockets, walked in, sat down, caught the last 20 minutes of the show and drank drank that beer. <laughs> 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 Which is, you know, I, I'm sure the venue doesn't like that, but hey, no. nobody said anything to us, and you know, they didn't check our pockets when we walked I mean, in. Maybe and, don't have one <clears throat> beer and one wine on tap, and just the city of dreams of all choices. I know, yeah. I, I really did not like that. Beer so I still I drank it. Four George beer. I drank Overdub, which you know, I like that beer. I think that beer is decently solid, and and uh, so yeah, that was my week. I also had a recent. I recently had a uh, uh, Grains of Wrath one-off IPA that was phenomenal. As per usual. As per usual. Uh, I would like it to go started back. started with an R. I can't remember. I'd like to go back up there soon, by the way. Um, Astoria? No. Uh, Grains of Wrath. Oh. Uh, Astoria could be Yeah, my girlfriend too. lives in Camus, so it's like, sweet. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing right there. Yeah. Oh, ran into Mike Hunsaker in Astoria twice. That's funny. Yep. He was out there working on something that I'm not able to discuss. Okay. Well, I imagine it's a collab of some sort, <laughs> but uh, the beer of the week this week is uh, partially what my week in beer was. I don't really remember much of the beer that I drank this week, which means it was- were wasted. No, it was because <laughs> it was forgettable. Um, so that sucks for the beer that I bought, but I actually don't really remember. Uh, this one was not forgettable. It is the final, the sixth of sixth Hellboy series beer. I've had all of them up to this point. They had the pancake stout. They had the mole stout. They had the wit beer. Uh, they, they didn't have the wit. They had the indigo blue beer. They had the um, or the blue. They had the sour that was a yuzu sour. I had that one. And then this one here is the last one. I've had them all. I actually enjoyed them all quite a bit. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the first two stouts. Of course, obviously that would be me leaning that way. Uh, that I would say my least favorite was probably the citrus wit, just because I'm not a huge wit fan. Um, and then that yeast characteristic, yeah, is there's really, something that, it's really polarizing. It's something that, I mean, I don't mind it, but it, no, that's one of my wife's favorite beers as a wit. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just different tastes. Uh, the yuzu sour, I thought I was going to hate, but I was buying it cause I wanted to try all six of them. Mm -hmm. I liked that one a lot. That's awesome. Uh, and it wasn't quite as sour as I thought it was going to be. And I also, I mean, the indigo blue was more of kind of like, uh, Hey, this beer is blue. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, it was a little bit more kind of, uh, I don't, I don't know what the right word to say, but it it was more about the color than the beer, so it was cool to drink it. Did it was it taste like blue. No, it tasted <laughs> like a beer. It okay. was good. It was fine, but um, it was more about the color, which was really really interesting. This one, uh, I didn't talk about yet because we haven't promoted it yet. But um, I like this one a lot, and I wasn't expecting to like it a lot. Uh, it's a British barley wine, mm. and uh -oh. uh, that's why I said you uh -oh. were going to be scared of it because you always talk about how much you hate barley wines. I just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, uh. This is a barley wine much the same with intriguing nuances of toffee, dark fruits, citrus, and caramel that will develop over years. Well, I'm not going to let this develop over years. I'm going to drink this right now. Uh, surprisingly, only 9.99% 9 
alcohol by volume. Do you know that's 666 upside down? I do. Uh, makes sense considering it's Hellboy. Yeah. Um, but usually you see barley wines in like 13%. Yeah, like, that is true. Woof! That is true. That's a good point. And that's um, a big reason why I tend to steer away from them. I just don't like beers that big. So uh, you got the bottle open over there. I do. I do. My <laughs> keys are on my desk. Um, this, uh, I really enjoyed it this weekend and I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And I think the first thing that I liked about it was I poured it and I was like, oh, it's got a darker color to it. Okay. Maybe that'll be a little bit more uh, up my alley. And I read the description and I went, well, I like toffee. I like dark fruits and beers. I like dates, that kind of stuff. Uh, caramel's good. And I was like, these are all flavor profiles that I like. And I've just had, tr I've had trouble with barley wines in the past because of just how overly alcoholic they are, which is funny to say as someone who loves bourbon barrel aged stouts and really high ABV beers. But there was something about these that made it seem way more uh, pure alcoholic to me than the other ones. Uh, and I don't think I got this when I was having this this weekend, but uh, we'll find out uh, in a different uh, setting how this beer hits me today versus, uh, what was it, Saturday that I had this? Intriguing nuances of toffee, dark fruit, citrus, and caramel is what the listing says. And see, when you smell it, it doesn't smell like alcohol at all. The nose is really, really interesting. It just smells... It is called Trevor Brutenholm. It just smells flavorful. I would imagine um, as a character from Hellboy. I would imagine that is correct. I imagine the artwork is him, that character. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually think you might like this beer. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I said you would be scared by it because of the fact that it's a barley wine, but it's not that strong, and it's really flavorful. Um, lots of different nuances to each sip that you're going to take, which I really, really enjoy. This beer looks lighter than. The Dunkel. <laughs> the Dunkel is a darker color than this beer. Right. It just goes to show, like, never, you know, beers, different colors. Uh, it is very colors sweet. Colors do not dictate what the beer is. True. It is very sweet, which is part of a barley wine, I know, but uh, not quite as alcoholic. The smell is great, right? It smells just flavorful. It doesn't yeah. smell like alcohol. It does. It's, it's got a nice, like, bouquet of, like, caramels and... It smells like, uh, like Halloween a little mm. bit. Without the chocolate, like the kind of like the other other candies on Halloween, like candy corn, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I'm very curious about your first sip, though. I'm intrigued by this. Oh, yeah, that's a hard pass. Oh, you made the face. <laughs> you don't like it. Um, I don't hate it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> great, great ringing endorsement. Um, I, I it's think funny. I took a sip and now I smell alcohol. That's interesting. Um, I just, I find the flavors so deep in this one. It's like, oh, there's some toffee. Oh, I smell the caramel. Oh, I get some of that dark fruit as well, which is really, really good in beer, in my opinion. Um, and each sip is a little bit different. It's like a slightly different experience. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting the malt characteristic from it. I get that touch of sweetness, that, that toffee, you're, you're spot on with that. Uh, I just get the booze, which I always get in barley wines, which makes this style really tough for me. Even though it's only nine or ten percent, I guess. Yeah, because um, sometimes with me, once you get to ten and above, the booze all kind of taste the same to me. It's like when it's ninety-two degrees, it can be a hundred and two, and it just still feels awful outside. It's just hot. Yeah, it's just hot. Um, I think you'd be surprised though. There is still a difference between those two temperatures. Um, I, they don't say, and I'm assuming because it's called a barley wine. I'm assuming this is aged in wine barrels of some sort. It doesn't say on the bottle, but generally, are barley wines aged in wine barrels? I don't know anything about barley wines. Okay, cool. Good talk. I can, I can, I can look. You don't something. need to look it up <clears throat> if, you, if you don't want to. But I want to. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the color is really nice. It kind of looks like an amber. Uh, 
or maybe like uh, if you want to stick with the German style beers, it kind of has a little bit of like that alt beer color to it as well. Um, pretty see through. Uh, I don't know. I like this beer. Uh, it's, uh, I'm not going to claim it as my favorite. I like it because it's interesting and unique and it's different. And um, I got to say, just overall, overarching, bravo to Gigantic for doing this Hellboy series. It they is a pretty cool thing. They were all really interesting, unique beers. I mean, you could have done anything in a six-part series, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this movie came out like in May, and you've been releasing these beers as part of it since. Um, but... It might have even been earlier than me, to be honest with you. Do not have to be aged in barrels. Interesting. I would say this probably is not aged in barrels. I get no oak characteristics, so I'm going to go out and say it's not aged. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but the fact that instead of just going like, hey, we're going to do like an IPA and a stout and this and that, and that, they did things that were in some ways relevant to the movie series and the comic book series, right? Like apparently Hellboy loves maple syrup pancakes and the mm. first beer was a maple syrup pancake stout. Uh, I mean, it was just, it's, they did cool things like that the entire way through. Uh, obviously when you have releases like this and you have limited batches of all, you're going to generate some buzz, but having the like indigo blue, mm-hmm. what a what blue beer, uh, having a sour that has yuzu in it. What? Yeah. How's that going to work? And There's having one on this the slab town. There's one on the, uh, celebration tray. Cool. FYI. Uh, FYI. Um, I just I thought I I thought this series was really cool and I'm sad that it's over now. I'm sad that the, this is the sixth one and that's the last one. Well, the good news with Gigantic and and something that's <clears throat> made that brewery so successful and so popular in this town is they their beer, their brewery, their brand is associated with art. It always has been, not just the cool labels on it, <clears throat> but but for them to think of something like this is something really only Gigantic would do. You know, they got together with Dark Horse Comics, which is a local, you know, local comic book comic book producer, I guess is what you would call it. I don't really, I don't know anything about comics, so excuse my ignorance. Uh, but this is, this to me screams something Gigantic would do. The artwork looks great. Um, let's make all the beers 666, or in this case 999, or whatever they want to do. Uh, I think it's cool. And kudos to them. This is the kind of stuff, as we've been talking over the weeks of breweries closing, this is the kind of stuff that keeps that helps keep you current. It doesn't necessarily have to be your quality of beer, although I think we are seeing that that is a big portion of it. But doing stuff like this is going to keep you relevant and keep you fresh. And that's what's going to keep you afloat. So the beer of the week is the final piece of Gigantic's Hellboy series, the Trevor Brutenholm British Barley Wine. Uh, it's probably already been gone through a decent amount. Like I said, this was the final one at my local New Seasons that I got today. Um, you said you saw some at Cerevesa, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm assuming because of uh, the trend of this, it might go pretty quickly. Although I've seen some of the other variants floating around certain places, so you might be able to find it for a little bit for a little while. And uh, heck, go down to the brewery. They yeah. might have it on tap. They might have some extra package down there, too. You, and because it's the final one, maybe they have all six on at the same time, and you can kind of do a flight of it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I mean, I would package all six and sell them. Like in a case? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, maybe they're doing that. I don't know. Uh, I have a maybe friend. we'll have to go to Gigantic. I have a friend who lives near Gigantic, and I actually haven't been to the brewery at all. So I've uh, never been to the brewery either, which I know is like blasphemy. I can't believe I've never done it, but I've never been over there. I haven't gone because they don't have food. You know, yeah. you know me, I want food at my brewery, but uh, but that uh, you know that they got a food truck or something that would, that would make up. I've for been it. drinking that gigantic IPA for a long time. I haven't had one in a while, but I I've had many many bottles of that. So there's our beer of the week, and there is our Dunkel episode in the books. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa! Didn't say it all this episode, so got to drop it in there. 
Uh, we'll be back next week, every single Thursday at 4. We're going to have a couple of early in the week drops coming up, uh, especially on Thanksgiving week, because I leave Tuesday night mm-hmm. that week. So we'll have to drop an episode probably on Tuesday of that week. And then I also have a wedding the week before, so I'm not 100% certain. We might have to do a couple earlier episodes, but we'll be in every single week to we'll do an episode for you. Um, I'm not going to promise anything because we've been really bad at delivering lately, but uh, we'll have an episode for you next week. Yep, something will happen. And uh, it'll be around 4 o'clock on Thursday or maybe Friday just because our schedules have been changing slightly. And uh, remember, subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, 1080thefan.com, Omni. And then uh, follow us, Instagram.com slash beers on us. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Traces. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T Mobile.com.